Today there is a rapidly growing movement called the NAR, or New Apostolic Reformation, and it's luring many into dangerous waters. Various leaders of this movement call themselves apostles and prophets, and they're teaching others that they have the power to create their own reality, just like God, if they simply speak what they want into existence, or attach Jesus' name at the end of their request, like some kind of magical formula or incantation. Many popular verses are used to support these beliefs, like John 14, 12-13, where Jesus promises that our requests will be heard and that we'll do many mighty works. Or John 10, verse 34, where Jesus quotes Psalm 82, verse 6-7, through by calling the people in positions of authority gods. Or even the commonly quoted Jeremiah 29, 11, where God reminds Israel of his plans to prosper them despite their Babylonian captivity. But do these verses really teach us that we are little gods, able to decree and declare the reality that we want into existence? Or are these and many other passages like them taken completely out of the context they were written in and applied to a false gospel of materialism and self-serving vanity? Today I want to give you four simple reasons why these things are not only false, but why they should be actively rebuked and avoided. They are nothing more than shiny lures that will ultimately shipwreck your faith by drawing you into the world and into physical, worldly pursuits, rather than feeding you spiritually and strengthening you for tribulation. The first reason why decreeing and declaring is a false teaching is that Scripture tells us reality is predestined. This is controversial, but consider that in Acts chapter 4, verse 26-28, through 28, we read that the cross was a predestined outcome. Jesus knew from the day he was born what would happen. And because God knows the future, that means that the future has already been planned. In Isaiah 46.10, God reminds us that he is the one who has declared the end from the beginning. And throughout the New Testament, we see that both the plan of salvation and those who would be saved were predetermined before the foundation of the world. The truth is that the Bible is a prophetic book, and prophecy is the mark of God because only God knows the future completely because he is the one who created it. But here's the point. You cannot have Bible prophecy and predetermined outcomes if people have the innate capability to run around like little gods, decreeing and declaring what they want and when they want it. In other words, there's only room for one person to decree and declare reality, and that person is God. Either you have prophecies that predict a predetermined outcome to the exact date like the Bible does in many cases, or reality is co-created between God doing some of that decreeing and man doing the rest. One is a biblical truth, and the other is a New Age teaching that elevates man to a position of Godhood, which he neither has nor can he ever achieve. Put simply, it is the lie from the Garden of Eden, and it's as old as time. Now, the second reason why decreeing and declaring should be rejected is that it is unfalsifiable. According to the philosopher of science Karl Popper in his book, The Logic of Scientific Discovery, a theory or hypothesis is falsifiable if it can be logically contradicted by an empirical test. In other words, if something can be proven wrong by an experiment or a physical test of some kind, then it's falsifiable. If you can't prove something wrong, then it's unfalsifiable and therefore, it can't be contradicted. Let's put this into a practical example. 
Let's say you go to a prophecy workshop at a brand name megachurch that we won't mention, and this prophecy workshop promises to help you prophesy for others and learn how to decree everything your heart desires into your life. As a result, you start making all kinds of decrees and declaring health and prosperity to all those around you. But wait a minute, how are you keeping track of these decrees actually coming to pass or not? Do you have a spreadsheet? Do you have a list? What if despite all that decreeing and declaring, your friends are getting sick, losing money, getting into accidents, or losing their loved ones? And the truth is that nobody is keeping track of any decrees they make, or that any others make for that matter. And what that means is that nobody knows if their decrees have actually come to pass or not. Do you see the problem here? The issue is twofold, and it's exactly the same thing you see with the law of attraction. The first problem is that if a declaration or prophecy fails, then the person who made it is never held responsible. It's always those who didn't have enough faith, didn't believe enough, didn't try hard enough, or didn't do something enough. What this means is that it is never the fault of the one who's making the decree or supposed prophecy over you, but rather it's always your fault. The quote, apostle or prophet in question can never be contradicted or proven wrong. And what that means is that their decrees and declarations are unfalsifiable. The second part of this problem is that even if things do come true, there are simple ways to explain the results. Paying attention to new things in your life after you make a declaration or after someone else makes a declaration or prophecy over your life means that you'll start making different choices. Different choices leads to different results, and as you reinforce those results with new habits, so too will your life change over time. Opportunities that were always there are suddenly noticed because you're paying attention and doing things differently. And in a sense, this creates a self-fulfilling prophecy. It was never the declaration or apostle or prophet, but rather the fact that you started paying attention to new things. This is called selective attention, and it happens all the time with various choices in our lives, like buying a new car or quitting smoking or getting into a new hobby. This leads us into the third reason to reject decreeing and declaring, and that is that modern so-called prophets have nothing in common with the true prophets of the Bible. The latter always issued warnings, calls to repentance, and judgments against an apostate group of believers, calling them back into communion with God and into obedience. All the prophets were there to warn Israel and remind them of God's laws, as well as deliver judgments and set precedents for the arrival of the Messiah by typifying his work. By contrast, today's so-called prophets are nothing more than soothsayers and fortune tellers. They speak in generalities rather than specific timelines, and they never warn nations or groups of believers to repent or that God's judgment will come upon them. Rather, they speak only good things that soothe the ears and make people hungry for material success, rather than reconciliation with God. And because they speak in such general terms, their false prophecies are easy to appropriate to practically anything. It's literally no different than fortune telling. Think of it this way. God is 100% consistent and doesn't change. With that in mind, there's not a single instance in the Bible where God told a prophet to tell someone that they're going to be rich or that they're going to get a new job or they're going to find the love of their life or any other such worldly concern. Anytime material promises were conveyed, like how God told Abraham people would be blessed by him and that his descendants would inherit Canaan, these things were always for spiritual reasons 
and for setting a precedent for the Messiah. Prophecy was all about Jesus, not about our wallets, our love life, or our petty materialistic concerns. That brings me to the fourth and final reason to stop listening to anyone trying to teach you these things. And it's very simple. There are no more prophets and no more apostles. Jesus himself testifies of this truth in Luke 16, verse 16, where he says that the law and the prophets were until John the Baptist. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God is preached and everyone forces his way into it. That last part is a translation issue, and really it should read more like, quote, and everyone is urgently called into it. Nevertheless, the point here is that the prophets existed to create a precedent for the Messiah. And once Jesus lived his life, died, resurrected, and ascended, the full revelation of scripture was set in stone and we got everything that we needed to live a godly life until the return of Christ. To believe that 1,500 years of prophetic work, plus the ministry of Jesus Christ, were somehow incomplete and that we need modern day prophets to reveal to us God's word is a very sad and ignorant state of faith. But now, does this mean that all revelation has stopped? The answer, of course, is no, because God still reveals things to us individually. Like when you're reading a passage in the Bible and you suddenly see a connection to something you didn't see before somewhere else. But there's a big difference between these private revelations, which again, must always be tested with scripture, and believing that God has chosen you to speak on his behalf. This is what it means to be a prophet. And by that standard, nobody has the right or even authority to claim such a thing today because the succession of anointing prophets ended long ago and the Holy Spirit is freely given through Jesus Christ. Think about what it says about Christ if we accept such an idea. If there is more revelation needed, then Jesus' life and ministry must have been incomplete in some way. After all, if we still need prophets today, that means that the Word of God, which is compiled by the Holy Spirit over thousands of years, is insufficient to answer all of our questions or dilemmas. But the Bible is complete and inerrant, and we are reminded that it is sufficient for all things, teaching, study, dealing with personal issues, and many other things. It is the only authority we need, and what that means is it will not share its authority with other men and women claiming to speak on behalf of God. In simpler terms, we do not need prophets because after Christ, there was no more need for them. But does this mean that people can't receive visions or things from God to tell others? Of course not, because spiritual gifts are part of being adopted into the family of God and prophecy is one of them. There is, however, a big difference between receiving visions and words from God, which again, must all be heavily tested with scripture and claiming the title of prophet, which assumes God has already chosen you to speak on his behalf. One is a spiritual gift that is delivered with humility and put under scrutiny by the body of Christ. The other is a pompous self-elevation often used to swindle others out of their hard-earned money and manipulate them into obedience. Another thing to remember with all of this is that all of the apostles, except for John, died horrible deaths for preaching the gospel. They were fed to lions, crucified upside down, run through with a spear, executed, and many other terrible things. John himself was boiled alive in hot oil, and not a single apostle lived in luxury or traveled the world giving prophecy seminars. 
Rather, they were hated, despised, and persecuted for their faith in the truth. To call yourself an apostle today is to make yourself equal with these bold people of history. Yet we know from the book of Revelation that we live in the seventh and final church, the lukewarm church, that is rich because it is the last church on earth and has the benefits of everyone before it, yet spiritually poor because of its mild approach to faith. Despite our richness, the stark warning we receive from Christ in his revelation to John is of our inner poverty. The lukewarm church, unlike the first church of the true apostles, does not receive any commendations but rather only a rebuke. This should tell us something. We are rich in many things, but faith is definitely not first on that list in this modern life of ours, at least compared to those who died for it many centuries ago. The original apostles did not have private jets. They did not have maids or catering or cell phones or all-you-can-eat buffets or fundraisers or high-speed internet or personal branding or podcasts or a million other things. They were homeless and they were humble, which are two things today's, quote, apostles definitely lack. So we must use discernment lest we be pulled astray. In conclusion, remember this. God making us in his image doesn't mean he made us into little gods and goddesses. Images in the Old Testament were understood to be taken over by spiritual entities, which is why the Bible says many times that those who worshiped them were actually paying worship to demons. But if this is the case, then we too were created as images for God to inhabit with his Holy Spirit. We're living images, vessels made for God to use to do wonderful things and to reveal his glory. These great works are not turning water into wine or feeding 5,000 with only a few fish and some loaves. Rather, they are works of faith, service, love, and hope while preaching the truth to lead others to Christ and participate in the great plan of salvation. These are the great works Jesus spoke about in John 14, 12 through 13. And please remember this, we were not made to be gods and we never will be. We were made to be living sacrifices and vessels of glory that God would use at his discretion, his wisdom, his divine timing, and his desires. There is no room in all of that for the vessel to decree and declare reality according to its own whims and wants. There is no room in the predestined journey of being conformed to the image of Christ, a humble servant, to run around declaring what you want and when. There is no room in God's unique and specific plan of ups and downs for each person for us to change that plan with our decrees of prosperity, wealth, and worldly happiness. There's no room in the Our Father for my will be done, but only thy will be done. My friends, let us keep our eyes open, for wolves in sheep's clothing have been around since the beginning and will only increase in number as the days proceed. God bless.